The U.S.-China relationship is navigating a period of profound uncertainty. So where do things go from here? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's find out. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. Working relations between the United States and China is one of the world's most consequential bilateral relationships. But recently, it's become an increasingly tumultuous relationship. President Joe Biden and his administration have been severely criticized for failing to confront the Chinese Communist Party on the origins of COVID and the multiple spy campaigns launched against the U.S. For more, we're joined by General John Tyker. Thanks so much for joining me today. So the U.S. Department of Justice uh, today arrested two U.S. Navy sailors on national security charges relating to China. How serious of a threat do you think China's push to enlist some of its citizens into counter espionage work really is? Veronica, as you said, those two Navy sailors were arrested today, and that's a huge disappointment for our military because we believe that we have this strong level of professionalism amongst our military and loyalty. But within China, there certainly is a period of uncertainty. You consider the last couple of weeks, the rapid firing of their foreign minister or the commander and deputy of the rocket forces, or as you said, the counter espionage campaign within China, that is just a demonstration that they are unsettled and insecure and finding ways in whatever way they can to maintain loyalty and control of their citizens within China. What do you think the future of the China-Russian relationship might be? Veronica, that's a great question. And right now, clearly, they have stated that they are friends without limits. But I think as Russia continues to blunder its way through a war of aggression for the last 17 months, and as they do things that have been horrifying to the world, Putin being a serial war criminal, that it certainly doesn't look good for the Chinese hosts and friends. And so I think to some extent, China realizes that they don't have a lot of trusted friends or allies, and Russia is the closest that they can get. And so I think to some extent, they're holding their nose and accepting the limits of that friendship, while Putin continues to stumble his way as a bad partner through war and conflict in Eastern Europe. How seriously do you think the Pentagon takes the threat from China? I think it's our number one threat. We have called China what we know as our pacing challenge or pacing threat. And we realize that if there is one player in the international world stage that seeks and has the capability to disrupt an international world order that is free, open, and secure, it is China. And our strategy to counter that is something that we call integrated deterrence, which is a way via our capability and our will alongside of our trusted network and allies and partners to prevent China from doing those things that we would see would harm the international world order and would be in the uh, worst interest, not the best interest of the international community. Now, of course, publicly, the Biden administration is not really pushing to hold China accountable for any potential hand in the global pandemic or, of course, the multiple spy campaigns launched against the United States. Does this just embolden the CCP? It does. I think the Chinese Communist Party and authoritarian regimes around the world look for weakness and they seize opportunities when they see weakness to do those things that are against our best interest. And so as a part of that integrated deterrence campaign, will is a fundamental part. 
And until we demonstrate the right level of will to stand up to authoritarian regimes like North Korea, Iran, Russia, or China, then it just makes the world a more dangerous place. So now we know that Chinese leaders are dissatisfied with the existing international order. What's their end goal? I think, number one, their end goal is to maintain power. The result of the counter-espionage campaign and the firing of those individuals that I mentioned earlier are just ways to shore up loyalty and control within the Chinese system. But then I think from there, they seek to radiate power outward as a part of a strategy written by two CCP colonels back in 1999 called Unrestricted Warfare. And essentially what that means is that they use every possible tool at all times and all places and all spectrums and domains to try to establish their will and increase their power. And they do so originally within China and then radiating out into the region and around the world. And we must demonstrate capability and will so that it doesn't radiate out far enough such that it would be a detriment to the international world order that has relied upon us and our allies to maintain it for the last 80 years. What's your analysis of the United States' military readiness? Veronica, I think that it continues to be extremely strong. There is a trade-off between how we invest now to make sure that we are strong as possible today and the trade-off in how we make sure that we're modernizing the force for the future. But right now, we, alongside of that very capable, strong, and trusting network of allies and partners are certainly the match that holds China and Russia in check from establishing any of their additional goals beyond Russia immediately in Ukraine and China to some extent in the immediate vicinities of the South China Sea. Now, of course, we've heard some different reports. Do you think it's possible that China is really considering cruise missiles tipped with nuclear weapons? Veronica, I think that just like I said, with respect to unrestricted warfare, that China is looking to use every possible tool in their arsenal to establish their will within China and beyond. And they certainly have a very capable nuclear force, mainly based on ground-based rockets, but certainly trying to establish cruise missiles and other nuclear capability is well within the desires and the strategy of the CCP in China. Now, the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict has been described as a proxy war. We've heard President Biden warn Chinese President Xi Jinping not to send military aid, but reports are claiming otherwise. Where do you think this goes? So I think ultimately we should be very proud of our partners in Ukraine. They have endured this very brutal attack of a war criminal for the last 17 months. And we in the West have slowly our ability and will to provide them with the weapons that they need. It's taken a while for us to do so, but ultimately we're in the middle of a counteroffensive by Ukraine that is making progress though slow. And I think the better Ukraine fares in the conflict there in Eastern Europe, the better other authoritarian regimes like China realize that the West actually does have the capability and the will to stand up against aggression anywhere in the world that it takes place. Now, we are seeing Chinese aggression against Taiwan. What's Beijing's evolving strategy towards Taiwan? I think ultimately they are testing Taiwan and they're testing the United States and our allies and partners. Because ultimately, their decision within the CCP-controlled China is to decide based on weighing risks, 
costs and benefits, whether today is the day that they're going to attack Taiwan. And every single day, not the Western Pacific, but around the world, we are being evaluated as to our capability and our will. And we need to continue alongside of our allies and partners to help China understand fully and completely that we do have the capability and we do have the will such that any attack on Taiwan would not generate benefits and would instead to endure costs and risks that are higher than Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party would like to endure. Will China surpass the U.S. as the world's power? I don't think so. I think that they have peaked and are actually on the downslide with respect to economic power and authority. And if it was just versus the United States, maybe that would be a different story. But look at this broad network of allies and partners that I've discussed multiple times already, Veronica. And you know that it is a unique American asset that China would love, but they don't enjoy. They don't have allies. They don't have anything other than the most transactional of partners. And when we look around the world at those trusting allies and partners that are alongside of us in the international community, that China knows that they are no match for that. And hopefully we continue to demonstrate that to them so they don't make those moves that would be not in our interest and probably not in their interest as well. General John Tykert, thanks so much for joining me today. More ticker news right after this.